we're just gonna be marrying everything. It's pretty scary. We're you talking could marry to... SpongeBob SquarePants. I already have, honey. I'm hitched. I'm really? In a, I'm in an open relationship we're, with we're... Mr. SquarePants. Really? Yeah. Why do you think I can date you two? Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbins. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie? That is right. On this week's Crash on My Couch... We talk about fried chicken bath bombs. Yep, that's a real thing. (laughs) We talk about finding your true love in virtual reality. Uh Uh-huh. And we talk about a super dope, incredibly cool library that got cut down by bureaucracy. Yay! This week and more on Crash on My Couch. Hey, guys. What's up? How you doing? Welcome to Crash on My Couch. I thought I'd change it up a little bit. I'm... I'm Arden Rose. And I'm with option. <laughs> I was like, am I going to go first this time? Or are you going to go first I mean, you time? could if you wanted to. I'm always jumping the gun. You are. Um, welcome back, guys. How are you? Hope your your week's been mighty fine. <laughs> Tell me about what's been happening. Me? Uh, just, I'm trying to talk to... The audience? The audience, right Okay, now. we'll just give 20 seconds of silence for so you just to respond. Tell me about your week now. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh yeah. yeah Cheryl is a bitch. I'll does, say it. That does suck. I will say it. That does suck. She's never been a nice person. Sometimes you gotta look past people's flaws, though. Anyways, interesting conversation. Let's let's do our thing now. <laughs> How's your week been, Alden? <laughs> My week's been good. I good. I have like um. I had a busy week last week, and now I'm finally getting a chance to just kind of, like, play Super Mario Odyssey. To mellow out. Mellow out. Faux show. Um, Will and I have been obsessively playing Super Mario Odyssey for two weeks. Has it even been out for two weeks? No. Oh, maybe it has now. Maybe, maybe. it has. Maybe it has now. Um, we've been playing it obsessively. We finally got to the darkest side of the moon. And it's impossible. It's so hard. It's so hard. Impossible. We still haven't even gotten to Bowser. Like the last level that you have to play in Super Mario Odyssey. Like we do this. We like get so hyped to get to the last level. Like we spent so much time getting so many fucking stars, and then we get to the very end, and we can't even make it to the final boss because there's just this. Well, they they do this thing where like the the. The last level is like really long. It's like you, oh. you're jumping over obstacles, you're fucking walking on lava, you're juggling. It's like a culmination things. of everything that you've had to do in the game. Yeah, but in one one level. But when you die, you have to start right back at, at the, the beginning very of the level. Beginning. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can like be playing it. You could have got like half an hour in, like and got really far, and then if you just die, you then to you got to go all the way back. It's so upsetting. So it's just. It's so upsetting. Disgusting. And it'll be like, and you just kicking yourself because you get halfway through, you get past like the lava and like the vaulting over the pole things. And then you get through all that. And then you're running across this flower bridge as Yoshi. And you're like, I got this. And then you just trip and fall off the edge. And you're like, this was the easy part. <laughs> this is the part that I was supposed to get right. Yeah, literally. 
I think that's the only time that we could ever like fully get in a fight now is like when we're both just so frustrated trying to get across this other Gosh, side. It is a nightmare. Oh god. So if anybody has tips on Super Mario Odyssey final level, like if anybody's beat it, first of all, send us a screenshot because I don't believe you. And second of all, to help us. Help. Please. Help. And also let us know if you have to fight Bowser at the very end. Don't you? Is that what you have to do? I don't know. I don't want to think about no, it. No, I don't want to think about it either. It's making me so upset just thinking about it. I'm... This is like... the Us recording the podcast is like a break from Super Mario Odyssey. Literally. <laughs> we were playing it last night too, weren't All we? All I do is just talk in Super Mario memes now. It's-a me, it's Mario. It's-a me, Mario. It's-a me, you ruin your life, yo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... So, what's the first thing we're going to be talking about today? Ooh, I got something juicy to talk about. It's sort of a combination between The Weekly Idiot and What the Fuck Japan, but since we've already got another What the Fuck Japan to talk about in a second, we'll stick with The Weekly Idiot. Okay. So this is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's The Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Um, the reason why it's the Weekly Idiot is because it's just the weirdest, maybe dumbest idea that I've ever heard. Tell me about it. But also, oddly genius. So, first off, this is on the um, independent.co.uk. Okay. Backslash lifestyle. Backslash something else. Um, that's the website URL <laughs> you want to get specific. Um, <laughs> but you've heard of Lush. You've heard of Bath Bombs. You've heard of cinnamon, cardamom, daisy, peony, every form of bath bomb. <laughs> but have you ever heard of fried chicken bath bomb? No, I haven't. And that's a bad idea. Well, now you see that, Will. But first of all, you haven't seen the packaging of this bath Oh my god, bomb. wait, show me the packaging. It looks like a little drumstick. No. Do you see the little? It looks like wait, a little leg. Yeah. Cough it up. <laughs> Cough it up. <laughs> While you're looking at that, I'll explain what it is. So, as you know, KFC is wiling out all the time. They did that 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 chicken fried chicken double down, which was two fried chicken breasts as patties. Or, I mean, as buns. That's a great idea, though. A double down. You're gonna die such an early death. Hey, <laughs> okay, at least I'll be happy. And we'll load your memories up into a a, a second version of yourself. Um. So they've they've done the double down, which is a a sinful satanic ritual that they've created. Yeah, so it's just two chicken breasts, and then inside in the middle of this like barbecue just and cheese, fucking shit in the middle. Just so bad for you, yeah. so much badness. It's just a heart attack in a, in a meal. Just terrible. But you know what? Japan fucking loves KFC. Do they really? Fucking loves why, KFC. Why do you think that is? Um. Well, you can look it up. It's this whole thing where on Christmas you you have to try to get a KFC like family meal they have these christmas meals that you can do in japan and they i think like a long time ago there was sort of like a kfc propaganda or an ad marketing like campaign a campaign. Like yeah. a campaign that made made a lot of japanese people believe that that's how americans spent christmas right because it's like all kind of warm and wholesome everyone's yeah. fighting over the bucket of chicken yeah and then also uh, you know christmas is a very like judo christian religion kind of holiday it's not necessarily something that is prevalent in a lot of asian cultures right. so but christmas is also represented in like every movie ever in america and like america produces some of the, the most widespread movies so everyone just is obsessed with christmas that doesn't live in america but gets these like weird skewed versions of it 
sometimes. I.e. KFC Christmas. I.e. KFC took advantage of Japan and was like, yo, they eat fried chicken all the time. Which is hilarious because actually, if you think about it, that stereotype of America isn't totally wrong. Like, it's not totally wrong. Um, but it's hilarious nonetheless. And and what's that? what that has meant, though, is that KFC is like this beacon of like American excess. People like it. In Japan. People dig it. Yeah. So... What KFC decided to do was make an abomination, emphasis on the bomb, because they made um, a fried chicken leg bath bomb. I love how, like, we went from, like, yeah, like, KFC, Beacon of Hope, I'm, like, following you, I'm, like, yep, okay, I understand, yep, Christmas, festive, I get it, I get it. So the next step is for them to make a fried chicken bath bomb. (laughs) Yep. Like, not to make, like, a, a KFC Christmas tree. Nope. Nope. A bath bomb, a bath which has bomb. nothing to do with anything <laughs> festive. It's just a bath bomb. The weirdest thing is that they titled it the KFC Chicken Smell Bathing Powder. That sounds <clears throat> horrendous. <clears throat> Can they come up with a better name than that? <laughs> it's so upsetting. You know what it reminds me of, though? I bet you money I know exactly what it smells like. Do you know what it probably smells like? Tell me. The packet in a Top Ramen chicken packet. You know, those, like, 99 cent. Right. Those packets, those, like, MSG packets of just, like, chicken flavoring. I bet you money that's what it smells like. I wonder what it would be like to take a bath in that. <laughs> you smell all chicken-y afterwards. You just, you just smell like chicken oil. You'd have, you'd have to take a second bath just to get rid of the smell that you, like, Ugh. and can you imagine the smell of, like, hot water mixing with all that weird powder your bathroom would smell like like soggy fried chicken maybe like the because kfc is such a big thing there oh i'm hoping it is there's no way it's a big enough deal that it's maybe desirable love the smell of it wow what if it's like the sexiest scent it's sexy as fuck. Like, these are really hard to get. Like, he, when he gets one, this guy gets one, like, puts in a bath, like, hums, kind of ums and ahs about it, goes into the office the next day, the ladies are swooning. <laughs> like, they don't know what to say. They're like, what is that smell? <gasps> and it's him. It's the guy. It's the guy. You know what makes this even better, though? This is going to make you want one. I know you so well, and this is going to make you want one of these. There are only a hundred of them. I want one. Ugh. There's only a hundred of There's them. There's only a hundred of them and and if you want to get your hands on one, you need to be based in Japan. Wow. And enter competition. Those are gonna be selling on eBay for like hundreds of thousands. Will one thing you need to know about Will is Will loves an exclusive launch. Loves it. Like the iPhone ten just came out and Will had like this program he had he had like created so that his his like web browser would refresh every three seconds so he could be like the first on the website. He's wild for an exclusive. Game. And it worked, bitch. Yeah, and then he did the same thing for Yeezys. Like, he's wild. And that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it didn't exactly work. Um, but Will's wild for it. I mean, I it, this is a, a key example of this. I'm pretty sure if you had the opportunity to, you would try to wait in line for this. Probably. Yeah, just because it's so exclusive. There are only a hundred of them. You know, use it, but I would, you would have I it. would just have it on my countertop. So when people came over, oh yeah, you know that little thing. Yeah. Smell it. Smells like chicken. Smells like chicken. <laughs> Maybe one day a special lady comes along. You can share that bath bomb with her. Question. Uh huh. Tell me. 
could you theoretically? Oh no, I already hate this. Take a piece of food. Uh huh. Put it in the bath bomb, and it comes out chickeny. Whoa! Like season it. Yeah. With the chicken bath bomb. Yeah. I think theoretically, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's genius. I think that's the only way this is a usable product. <laughs> or it's like a cannibal's dream. Like they just like put their like put their like prey into a bath of it. Tastes just like, like chicken. Oh, well, this just tastes like chicken now. Tastes just like chicken. That is wild. Wow, that's a new way to become a serial killer, babe. Wow, amazing. So you got a hundred people asking for it. I can just can you just isn't it just crazy to think there's gonna be a hundred people? Hundred people in Japan just bathing in that oh they're not gonna use it oh you think they're just gonna just gonna i think all of them are gonna keep it really i think it's something cool that they're all just gonna keep it's shaped like a little drumstick which is badass the packaging is cute i think they're just gonna hold on to it just like you would because i think if you think you are a collectible crazy person the culture in japan of like collectibles is unreal yeah it's true it's so it would not surprise me if this is like specifically supposed to be interesting interesting yeah how crazy is that, though? I love that. I'm like, that's hilarious. I wish more places in America would do fun stuff like that. What you else know? could KFC do, which would be a limited edition thing, but would just, just work out? I think they should do some kind of, like, um, limited edition, like, holiday run. Holiday run. Yeah. Like, they should... Well, there's already... Every year, the reason why, also, why KFC is such a big deal is because they have limited quantities. You have to book your KFC christmas meal like weeks in advance. no you don't no real thing no you don't no dead ass look it up it's a real thing that can't be true yeah 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 yeah. look it up not even kidding you have like you have how to is that work it's you a fast to, food restaurant you have to put your no but it's like not there it's not the same it's not the same vibe like you what have you to it's not the same vibe because everyone KFC. wants one no but everyone wants one it's like if mcdonald's i don't know like someone did like a crazy holiday thing every year what do people do just like type their emails in do they go on a waiting list what, i think you call it? in i think you have to like you reserve call, one. you call in i think you call into your local kfc and you have to no, reserve a this holiday can't be right look it up you have to reserve a holiday meal i'm gonna look this up do it's wild i'm not kidding kfc holiday meal japan they might do it a little bit differently they might be like a better version of kfc but i'm nearly positive it's a giant bucket of chicken and sides I'm so ready for you to be blown away. Okay, so this is on uh, the Smithsonian.com, and I, I, you know, I trust the Smithsonian Magazine.com. Uh, it's Christmas Eve in Japan. Little boys and girls pulling their coats. <laughs> the twinkle of anticipation in their eyes, keeping the tradition alive, they will trek with their families to feast at the popular American fast food chain KFC. So these guys are going to KFC. Yeah, it's a real thing, dude. Can I add something else fun to the chicken bath bomb comment, though? Tell me. Um, running from the 1st of November to 15th of November, aside from winning the chance to revel in an explosion of 11 secret herbs and spices, the lucky recipients of the bath bombs will also be given a red and white KFC branded box and a coupon for a secret combination pack of chicken. I love that. You love this. This is so up your alley. This is why we did a whole treasure hunting segment, like why we added this to the podcast. This fits into Will's like secret love of like desiring exclusive things. I don't know what the deal is with like waiting for a meal, but it definitely is a thing. People on Christmas Day they go to the restaurant, um, or I guess probably they go and take away food, 
Question is, is does it sell out? I I want to know these yes. questions, guys. Anybody that lives in Japan or has been to Japan, has been to Japan on Christmas Day or on the Christmas period, hit us up. Hit us up if you know any more about that, because that is let us know for while and out. Crickety crazy. No, it's a very real thing, though. I would I will when we get home, I'll show you some crazy wild stuff. So segueing on to our next segment. Yes. What are we talking about, babe? We are talking about something which fits in pretty equally with Japan. It looks like this episode is kind of J- Japan-themed. I'm not sad about that. So the next segment is... What the fuck, Japan? What the fuck, Japan? So, you know, this fits in nicely with our previous segment. And this is something which I we just had to talk about, because this is sadly going to be the future of the world, and it's terrifying. Japanese men, and by the way, it's on digit.in, Japanese men are tying the knot with their favorite anime characters <laughs> in VR weddings. So so Japanese men are getting married to these big cartoony anime characters in VR. <laughs> That's me. That's me not dying alone. <laughs> so someone has married an anime character in a virtual reality wedding ceremony. The man kissed a rubber doll at the end of the ceremony, and his VR wife now lives inside an HTC Vive VR headset. Oh my god, that's so extra. That is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. So, like, there's a picture of this guy, like, at, like, an actual wedding chapel, but he's got a headset on. He's dressed in a tuxedo. He's dressed in a tuxedo. He's ready to go, dude. And then in front of him is this woman that's like got a doll is like kind of hanging a doll in front of him also might i add that the anime characters in these vr things are like hyper sexualized like barbie doll things like they're not like it's not like he's marrying like a, a like a vr version of somebody real this is like you know like a character uh-huh so i don't know i just this is something which is just something so recent. Like, this could only happen in 2017. You know what I mean? Mm. This is such an issue. How are people going to live in, like, 20 years' time when VR is, like, the norm and it's, like, proper HD and we're just living in these virtual worlds? People are just going to be marrying everything. It's pretty scary. We're you talking could marry a... SpongeBob SquarePants. I already have, to. honey. I'm hitched. I'm really? In a, I'm in an open relationship we're, with we're Mr. Sp- SquarePants. Really? Yeah. Why do you think I can date you two? You could do anything in VR. It's pretty fa- fantastic. The sad part about this is, I, while you were reading that, I was looking at this article because I thought this was true, and I was like, is this true? Um, last year, there were less than a million births in Japan. And they're talking about how, like, there's this discussion going on right now about how a lot of developing worlds are getting lower birth rates. And especially places like Japan, where, like, education and workload and all of that sort of thing is very emphasized. Mm. People are blaming a lot of technology for the lack of, like, sexual activity, basically, in Japan. Yeah, although there's, like, a secondary kind of cause, which I was kind of reading about just now, about, um, and it was on the Independent, in case you wanted to look at that, too, that was all about um, how it's actually just, like, less opportunity, like, because uh, young men have less opportunity to find stable jobs at a young age, they're less likely to settle down and have a family. 
So, like, they're, like, the working rate in Japan is, like, insane. Like, you spend so much time working and so much time going out and drinking with your boss and stuff like that. And you don't really have time to have, like, a romantic relationship if you have a steady job. And if you don't have a steady job, a lot of times you spend a lot of times indoors and you don't really hang out with a lot of people. (laughs) It's wild. And so a lot of people are also saying, like, there's, like, kind of this ongoing meme about how, like, Japan is turning into a virtual world because no one wants to leave their apartments. Yeah, everyone's just stuck in the the virtual world virtual reality world Mm -hmm. do you think um i mean i think it's inevitable that in the future there's going to be a game that people someone creates which is like mirroring real life reality kind of like like, ready player one yeah so like you could live your life you can do a job you could have a wife you can have a kid you can do all these crazy second life second Mm -hmm. life literally Mm -hmm. and i think when that happens what's going to be the distinction between virtual world and then the real world I don't know. People are getting married already in the virtual world. What's that going to be like in 20 years' time? I don't know. I feel like at some point we're all going to plug ourselves into some kind of machine and we're just going to, like, our bodies are going to be sustained, but we're just, like, in this, like, well, crazy you know what? virtual world. Like, that's terrifying. I mean, what I'm excited about is, like, when, like, they nail VR and, mm-hmm. like, they nailed, like, graphics mm-hmm. and you'll be able to go into, like, proper, like, realistic fantasy worlds. You know, like... You get to go into, like, Lord of the Rings world, mm-hmm. and you can, like, walk around, and it feels real. Like, Skyrim. Yeah. I think you'd be shocked to find how many people are less scared of it and more, like, really excited about the prospect of being lost in a VR world. That excites me, but then, it's, then what, what's scary is when, like, you're talking about replicating the real world in yeah. VR. The thing that scares me about VR, I'm really scared about VR porn. I feel like that's going to make it that so that no young dude is going to understand anything about sex outside of VR porn. Yeah. That scares me more than anything. That's true. That's a really good point. Well, I just feel like it's going to give you such an – like, you're not going to have any desire to go out and experience yourself. Yeah. Well, you're not going to know all those kind of, like, weird, awkward things that happen when you're first dating someone or, like, first, like, having sex with someone. Like, those kind of fumbles – all those are going to be glossed over in VR porn. You're not going to know. You're just going to be no. like, well, my first experience is going to be <laughs> slick and amazing. Yeah. And like a porn scene. Mm-hmm. And the girl's going to be huge tittied and be deep throating like a champ. And you're like, nope, that's not how regular people <laughs> have sex for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That kind of worries me. It's a good point. Because I wonder now, so this guy has just had a uh, marriage with his favorite anime character uh, in VR. Does he also get to have VR sex with her since they're married? Let's look it up. (laughs) I wonder that kind of thing, though. But then that means that someone has to program that. Someone has to program VR sex. So listen to this. Um, While one can do with or without virtuality at a wedding, some modern day marriages would not have been possible without technology. At least not for this Japanese man who married his favorite anime character. One he could only kiss and exchange rings with in VR. So he can kiss and exchange rings with. But you can't really. You're doing this. So you're going, mm, um, to the air. So, oh my gosh. A romance and dating simulator, Nitsuma Lovely Times Caption, is a game developed by Japanese studio Hibiki Works and lets players call anyone of those three anime characters. Players can eventually marry these characters in real-life wedding ceremonies held in actual chapels. The first of these virtual reality weddings took place in Tokyo, where a man can be seen decked up as a groom. Oh. Kudos to the dude who actually went ahead with these bizarre <laughs> bizarre ceremonies wearing an HTC Vive 
headset. He also kissed his bride, a rubber doll, <laughs> as the VR headset simulated the anime character. What's next? You guessed it right, VR Kids. The company's what? CEO made a statement saying that providing a VR family is the natural next step for the game. But there... Uh, th- no, it's not the natural next step. You don't... What does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to have VR... Like, are they going to have virtual reality sex? And then she's going to virtual reality do a pregnancy test and then virtual reality go to a gynecologist? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I would actually love to, like, there should be a game that follows all, like, the really mundane shit people have to do in life. Like, all the stuff that makes people feel really, like, on edge and, like, insecure. Like, having to go to the gynecologist and, like, doing a pregnancy test. And, like, you're not sure if you want a baby or not. And you have to go all do this thing. And it's just, like, like have long... a baby? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Like, this kind of long trail, like, mundane shit. Oh, yeah. That's gosh. crazy, isn't it? It's ups- I mean, it's crazy. It's cool. I just hope that it... Like I, I hope that people don't get too addicted to technology that it becomes so normalized to do that kind of thing because yeah. you're just missing out on the whole human experience, yeah. aren't you? And you know what? This guy might be goofing. That's the other thing. Like a lot of times, I read these articles and I'm like, that person's crazy. Like, what? Why would anyone do that? But then sometimes it's not someone actually being crazy. Sometimes people are living the meme. Interesting. And I've met people who I, I was like. You're cra- like I remember you from being online. Like I remember meeting YouTubers for the first time, thinking like that person's a living meme. Yeah. And then I went and talked to them, and they're completely normal, and they knew exactly what they were doing whenever they were yeah, yeah. being weird. So anyway, this takes us <laughs> to our final and last segment of the day, which is actually a more polarized uh, view of things. Yeah. What was it? I can't remember now. Let me see. Oh yeah, this is a really fun one. So this is going on completely the other flip side of things. Yes. And this is in our newest segment into the wormhole maybe a, the weirdest intro to a segment we've done yet it's scientific yeah i liked it so we're going back in time to talk about something which happened how many years ago on Oh man, I'm on this. I'm on Cracked. Can I just say one thing about Cracked? Yeah. Cracked.com, love you. Stop putting ads everywhere. I can't scroll quick enough because of you. Thank you very much. But this is on Cracked.com. In okay. case anyone's wondering. Um, okay, let me get down to it. Okay, this is really fun, and I this I'm glad that we started with this as one of our history segments because, uh, as you guys know, Into the Wormhole is is our newest segment, kind of about going back in time, talking about things that happened in the past. Maybe things that uh, got overlooked, or or your viewpoint of them might might be might be changed after after hearing this segment. So we're going to talk about the Library of Alexandria collapsing because of budget cuts. So the Library of Alexandria it was around in 30 BC, I think. Crazy long time um, ago. Yeah, and or in third century BC until the Roman. Oh, so from third century BC until the Roman conquest of Egypt in thirty BC. So this thing is ancient as fuck. So ancient, but like I feel like a lot of ancient things, like giant things, like the pyramids and like crazy kind of out there monoliths of human, you know, excess or or like um, progress in technology or mm. education. We kind of uh, put them up on a pedestal 
where like bureaucracy <laughs> or finances don't get involved. But in reality, the same issues that we have today about not getting our education system funded or whatever the thing is yeah. that is wrong in our nation's government or other nations' governments, the same shit has been happening for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, well, let me just read this. Um, before the internet, there was the Library of Alexandria, packed with hundreds of thousands of scrolls, books, and texts. The library wasn't just the intellectual hub of the ancient world. It was book heaven. Book heaven. One of my dreams would be to walk around a library like the Library of Alexandria. Yes, this this is like like this incredible library that was this thriving library which had um I think I read like had thousands and thousands of hundreds of scrolls. thousands, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, so it was just kind of this mega place that that had so much history in it, and also just like the truth about the world. Like you think about um, like intellectual hubs, and and the Library of Alexandria is marked as like such a big deal for humankind because it was a collection of every past, present, future experience. Yeah, up until that point. Yeah, anything yeah. that you could possibly think of, you could find. Writings of, of like, ancient philosophers, everything. Amazing yeah. things. Like, And there are also a lot of theories about some of the ancient documents that have been lost in the Library of Alexandria. Mm. Like, a lot of the Dead Sea Scrolls. There was, like, uh, theories that there were, you know, copies of it in the Library of Alexandria, right. et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, the party was cut short in 642 CE, when the library was burnt to the ground by an army of anti-intellectuals who were angry that the building's contents went against their beliefs. But that's only half the story. In truth, the Library of Alexandria fell because it was too expensive to keep upright. Um, so, <laughs> I also want to talk about this because, once again, religious versus intellectual beliefs have been a fight and, like, a, a cat-and-mouse game for once again, hundreds of thousands of years in yeah. human history. Like, intellectuals would try to do something good for the world, and then overly religious people will be like, no, that doesn't fit with what we lack. Burn it down. <laughs> we, I don't know why I went Southern with it, but, you know, it's it's very easy for people when their, like, beliefs are questioned to get really angry at the thing questioning their beliefs. And that happened to the library a lot. The library was attacked several times, most notably during the religious riots of 391 and 415, when Julius Caesar swung by in 48 BCE and tried to burn the place to the ground. But what doomed the place in the end was having a budget cut. <laughs> Sometime in the second century, Emperor Marcus Aurelius wiped out the library's finances. He cut off all sources of funding, slashed the stipends paid to the library's scholars, which enabled them to live and study there, and expelled all of the foreign researchers. It's nice to see some traditions never really go away, a.k.a. government ruining things that are meant for the people. Wow. Yep. Uh, at the same time, the library too often became the site for major military actions and persecutions, making it only desirable facility for the type of academics who liked dodging arrows on their way to work. <laughs> That's me. I like dodging arrows. <laughs> me. With no money for upkeep and its reputation as damaged as its walls, many of the scholars moved out and the library's collection fell into disrepair. It was a small mercy, therefore, when Caliph Omar ordered the library burnt, putting it out of its misery in a blaze of glory. At least now book nerds everywhere can rest easy knowing that they didn't get the good stuff, because the good stuff was already long gone thanks to the infinitely more destructive power of bureaucracy. Yay! Dude, it's, it's, when I read stuff about this, it blows my mind because I'm like, that, that place, had, you know, 
like thousands and thousands and thousands of scrolls, information, things we wouldn't amazing, even know about. Amazing, amazing information. And we're just we're just never gonna know. No. No, and and literally the sole reason why you will never know is because people didn't care enough about it. Not only didn't care enough about it, but actually thought that something like that, like this amazing advancement, was a bad thing. Yeah. So many people thought of it as like religiously divisive and horrible. And that's so sad, isn't it? But like how much does it mimic our day and age today? Yeah. You know, we have people who still don't want evolution to be taught in public schools. Yeah. Like, we still have people constantly railing against the science community, calling yeah. them fake news. Yeah. Like, it's a constant thing. And that's why, also, I wanted to talk about this this particular article. Because, like I said before, and I'll say it again, history fucking repeats itself constantly. And I think, like, it just makes me sad, but also it makes me feel better about the fact that not everything has to, like, have a disastrous after effect. Because even after the burning down of the Library of Alexandria, one of the coolest, dopest things that ever happened in mankind... We still rebuilt and we're dope and, and, you know, we have robots now that talk to us in our phones and tell us about crazy ancient history that we would never know about otherwise. Yeah. You know, we've got we've gotten so far from that. It just goes to show that you always have to take one massive step back in humankind before you can take an even bigger step forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How dope would it be to go to the Library of Alexandria, though? Oh, my God, and just walk around it. Oh. Just, just, you wouldn't be able to read any of it. <laughs> Seriously. You'd be like, oh, this is all in Oh, it's all Sanskrit. Sanskrit. <laughs> it's, it's all yeah. Sanskrit. What does this all mean? All this incredible knowledge. Yep. Oh, amazing. I wish I could read Greek now. You know um, what? This, this kind of just got me thinking about, and this is kind of unrelated but related, but I think I wanted to talk about it this week, but I like, kind of forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. There's. Did you hear about the uh, pyramid thing in Egypt that they found like this like hole? This hole. It's like empty cavity in the pyramids. No, I remember. Well, I remember like, I feel like constantly they're talking about um, like some kind of potential buried treasure situation. So so what happened was, and this literally just happened like last week or so. Why haven't we talked about this? You love ancient stuff. (laughs) But this kind of got me thinking about it. So if I just stick it in at the end. Yeah, throw it in. Um, This week, uh, an international team of scientists published new research that used radiography imaging to locate a void in the Great Pyramid of Khufu. Khufu, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Sure, yeah. While the technique is getting worldwide applause for being deployed to peer inside the pyramid, archaeologists have begun to criticize the way the media is covering the discovery. Wait, why? So basically what happened was is these scientists, these archaeologists, these dope fucking people. You want to be an archaeologist um, so badly, don't you? Literally, yes. <laughs> Dream job. They, they they use these sensors to, to kind go... Kind of like a radio... Like a, like a shockwave almost? Yeah, they so shoot you like sense. waves through like these pyramids and then mm. they, they pick up things and different things and it's only like been a thing which we could do now in the in the past we haven't been able to do it. this is like height of top of the line technology so like you can do it without um uh like ruining structural integrity yes yeah, so the big problem with like these ancient structures is like you can't they sensitive you can't touch it mm-hmm. so you can't there's so much of the pyramids and um i think we've spoken about before like there's the the terracotta soldiers like they couldn't get into that because they were scared like there's gonna be poison or there's gonna be all right like booby shit. traps but the, how did they find those originally do they do they do a similar Probably thing do the similar thing so there's all there's all these ways that now we can find um hidden passages and hidden things we just can't get to them right and did this just happen so this just happened they found in this pyramid this giant void which void just like an empty room this empty thing which they don't know what it is 
no one knows what it is um scientists suspect like because a lot of the time in these pyramids there actually are like voids in between floors and things which don't necessarily have anything in them but and it's not necessarily a bad thing. thing yeah but because of this like big discovery the media and like the rest of the world has been like well there's gonna be fucking buried treasure there. treasure there's gonna be another emperor there that's gonna come out like the mummy and do all this crazy stuff and i think everyone wants there to be like something hidden in there yeah obviously like, some crazy scroll like about the, the world yeah but then sign like archaeologists and scientists are, like calm the fuck calm down. down it probably isn't anything but i i know it's just it's interesting that now we're finding all these different things stuff like that yeah it's crazy like stuff that I, isn't burnt down it makes me excited though because i think a lot of like the mysterious lost treasures i feel like when i was younger there were a lot more like ambiguous mythical aspects to the world that i was more likely to be believe and now that the science community has advanced so much i feel like i have less stuff to believe in or get excited over yeah. And it kind of makes me sad. I feel like that's part of getting older is just realizing that there's not as much, like, mysticism in the world. But then you have things like this where it's like we discovered this empty yeah. empty bit in a pyramid and you're like, ooh, I'm excited by that. Yeah. So I can understand why the media is getting a little up in, up in arms over it and having fun with it. And I also think that if it can get people excited about the science community, I'm not sad about someone thinking that there's treasure in a pyramid. If it can make someone read a National Geographic article, um, more power to them. Like, yeah. clickbait the shit out of that. Scientists need to learn the keys to clickbait, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Because we need to stop giving people attention on YouTube and start, like, uh, enjoying that kind of stuff. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. I say that as a YouTuber. <laughs> but, um, so that's it. That's crazy, though. I, wow. I just... I especially love the Library of Alexandria because um, there's that episode, I don't know if you remember this, in like the second to last, maybe the final season of The Last Avatar. Do you remember the episode where they go to the giant library yes. in the middle of the sand and they pull it up out of the yeah. sand and it's like so epic yeah. and there's the the owl spirit, yeah. the all-knowing all owl. Um, that used, That's like my favorite episode of The Last Airbender, like that that whole series of episodes, even though it's super stressful. Like, just imagine being able to walk through all I those know. halls and smelling all the old books. Oh, I just want to go to a library now. Like, a really epic library. A really epic library. Yeah. My dream in life is to be, like, wealthy enough to be able to build, like, some kind of library. Whether it be a small one in my home or, like, a very cool funded one in a city. I would love to, like, take care of a library. There's just something so pure about that. <laughs> But anyways, guys, that's about uh, going to do it for us. We, um, we're we glad that you guys hung around, uh, had a little chat with us, uh, included us in your morning commute and or your bath time. I don't know what you're doing right now. Sometimes I listen to podcasts in the shower, <laughs> so don't ask me how I do it, but I do. And um, yeah, if you guys have any segments you want to send on over to us, feel free to email us. Uh, crash on my couch show at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 424-262-6824 and uh, we would love to hear from you hopefully we can do another episode soon of uh, hey we all feel weird sometimes yep. like mega absolutely mega download special because we I don't think we've done one of those in a second so maybe that's a good idea for the next one but um, feel free to send in your questions or any uh, articles you think are really interesting you guys give us such good ones so yes thank you so much for all of your participation thanks guys and we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Capucci, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistant, Alan Orton. Thank you.